Amen. Thank you for that special music. Open your Bible again, please, to John chapter 15. Today we want to talk on the subject of bringing forth much fruit. Now, according to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, it's the will of God that Christians bring forth much fruit. Look at verse 8. It says, Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. Not talking to lost people, talking to saved people. Well, why? Why are we to bring forth much fruit? And of course, the question is answered in verse 8, so that we can glorify God. We need to ask ourselves, what exactly are we talking about when we talk about fruit? What does that mean? Well, I suppose if you looked in a dictionary, a good dictionary, you'd find that the English word fruit comes from a Latin word fructus, and it means enjoyable. Something that you enjoy. That's what the word fruit means, is something enjoyable. But we need a better definition than that, I think. And so we would go to the plant expert, the man or woman who knows all about plants, and we'd ask them, please give us a definition. What is fruit? And they would tell us that fruit is a uh, seed-bearing structure of a flowering plant. Now, that sounds kind of complicated, but it's not really when you think of it. In other words, the flowering plant produces a structure and the structure has seeds in it. And this whole structure is what we call fruit. Does that make it easy? That's, that's what fruit is. Now, some fruit you can eat. Um, other fruit you cannot eat because apparently it's poisonous to us humans anyhow, maybe some animals can eat it. Now, what are some fruit that we can eat? Can you think of some? What are some? Apples, I think I heard. Bananas. Grapes, yeah, these are good examples. What are some fruits you cannot eat because they're poisonous? Now, that's something that we, like I, for one, I had to look it up because I couldn't think of any. The Osage orange. Have you ever heard of that? I'd never heard of it until I had to look it up. Silver bell. How many have ever heard of silver bell? Anyone? Now, <clears throat> have you ever heard of a fruit called wahoo? Maybe it's wahoo. I'd never heard of that. It's because it, they're being poisonous. No one eats it. You know, you never talk about it. But I've heard of plums and, you know, apples and, and fruit like that. Uh, so what I think we need to do is we need to come up with a definition of fruit that's actually a combination of both definitions. And so we can say today that fruit is, number one, something enjoyable. And in this case here in John 15, enjoyable to God the Father. But number two, that it has, it's a structure, of course, with seeds in it, seeds of life. And that's an important aspect of fruit, something we have to understand is that it has in it the seeds for more life and more fruit. And in this case, it's going to be spiritual fruit. And so Jesus wants to, us to bring forth much fruit for God's glory. This is the will of God for all Christians. If you're here today and you're a Christian, you're born again. This is God's will for your life. And so today we're going to learn exactly how we can bring forth much fruit for God's glory. That's what we're going to do this morning. So with that in mind, would you close your eyes and bow your head and let's ask God to help us. 
Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you allow us to come to church today. Thank you for everyone that is watching online. Our Father God, we pray you'd please show us how to bring forth not just fruit, but much fruit. Father, we're reminded of a, of a fruit-bearing plant, and if it were just to bear one tiny little piece of fruit all year, we'd, we'd sure be disappointed in that plant. We'd want it to bring forth much fruit. Father, I think that's why we have the fruit trees and why we plant them. Dear Lord, we pray that you'd help us as believers to understand how to bring forth much spiritual fruit in our lives so that we would be pleasing in your sight. And we pray this for your glory in Jesus name. Amen. All right. I'm going to ask a series of three questions and I hope to be able to give you three answers for them. First question. What exactly is spiritual fruit? What are we talking about when we, we say a Christian is to bring forth fruit, spiritual fruit. What does that mean? What do we mean by that? Well, as you know, fruit can grow on trees, right? Just nod. That's all you have to do. Just yeah, thank you. It can grow on shrubs. Okay. Yes or no? Sure. Of course. Yeah. Where do watermelons come from? Anyone know? That's a fruit, by the way. And they're full of seeds, aren't they? Do they come from trees? Watermelons, the watermelon tree? No, we know that. Only spaghetti comes from trees. We know that. Watermelons come from these low little shrubs, if you will, almost vines. And by the way, that's the third one. The third way in which uh, fruit is we get trees, we get shrubs, we get vines. Now, thinking about fruit, John chapter 15, Jesus said, I am the what? Vine. So he, he's not talking about trees or shrubs. He's talking about vines. And so we're talking now about fruit that grows on vines. You see process of elimination here. So what are some of the uh, fruit that grows on vines? What can you think of? Yep. What else? Tomatoes is tomato a fruit. Sure got seeds in it. Okay. What else? Well, we got two. How about uh, berries? There are berries that can, will grow on uh, vines as well as shrubs. Melons, of course, we made mention of that. Different kinds of melons, right? Uh, kiwis. How many have ever eaten a kiwi? And I don't mean the, Austra the, uh, the country next to Australia. I mean the fruit. All right. And dragon fruit. Has anyone ever heard of dragon fruit? All right. Yeah, that grows on vines. And of course, grapes. Now, we're only taking a guess here, but it's more than likely that the Lord Jesus, when he refers to himself as the vine and where the branches and the fruit, what do you suppose? Probably what? Grapes. More than likely grapes. However, spiritual fruit isn't all the same. There's not just one singular type of spiritual fruit. There's a variety of spiritual fruit. There's different types. Now, different Bible commentators and Bible writers, Bible authors, I should say, will give you different lists of what these fruits are. So I am going to give you my list today. 
I've read what others have to say, and I've tried to condense it all down. I want to give you a, a not a long or large list, but a short, a shorter list of, of what I suggest that the different spiritual fruit is. All right. Now, number one, it's in John chapter 15 and look down at verse number 16. See, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit. There's the fruit and that your fruit should remain. Now watch this. And whatsoever ye shall ask of the father in my name, he may give it you. Now th this last phrase, we call it prayer. When you talk to God, the father in Jesus name, and you go and, and, and ask him for things, that's prayer. In essence, the word prayer means to ask. That's the whole essence behind the word pray. And so prayer is a type of fruit. Why? Because it brings forth fruit. You see, he may give it you. You ask, you receive. So it brings forth fruit. So the first kind of fruit that I, that I, I want to put on the list here is prayer. Prayer that works. Now, we know there's a lot of prayer that's nothing more than mumbo-jumbo gobbledygook. And like Jesus said, don't pray like that. You know, the heathen think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. And then he gave us the model prayer, our Father, which art in heaven. You remember that? How many use that prayer or have used that prayer? Raise your hand if you have ever prayed that prayer. So those of you who haven't raised your hand, you'd never prayed that prayer before? No? You've never gotten alone with God and prayed what we call the Lord's prayer. No, never. Why don't you try it? Now that's not the only thing you pray, but when you pray our father, you can say my father, you can say my heavenly father, you can say Abba father, dad, heavenly father, daddy, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your wonderful name, Lord. I love your name. I praise and worship your name. You see, you use it as a model and you work your way along. Well, it's a good prayer. Now let's, with that in mind, go back to Matthew chapter seven. You're going to need your Bibles because we are going to be looking at a few verses of scripture today. Matthew chapter seven. And let's start here with verse 15, Matthew seven fifteen. Our Lord says, beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but are inwardly, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Ah, do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? And obviously the answer is no. Even so, uh, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth Good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. The idea here meaning hell. Wherefore, by their fruits, ye shall know them. And I want to suggest to you that number two on the list after prayer is Christian good works and ministries. These are a fruit seen of men by their fruits. Ye shall know them. And so the second type of spiritual fruit is a Christ-like life. Letting Jesus live his life through you. People, when you go to, when you go to work, and if, if, if there are people you work with that, that use bad language, they should 
notice that you don't. It should become obvious to them that you don't use these four-letter words and, and cuss words and worldly words. It should be evident to you, to them. It should be evident to them that, that you don't laugh and slap your knee over these dirty, filthy jokes that they tell at work. So your purity is a fruit and it should be seen of men. So number one is what? Prayer. Say it with me. Prayer. Number two is Christ-like life or a pure life. Number three, we'll go to Matthew chapter 13. Now I've actually arranged this little list to help prevent as much flipping back and forth as possible in the Bible. So the idea we're going to work our way through Matthew chapter 13 and it's in verse 30, 23, I should say, Matthew 13, 23. Okay, here it says, but he that received seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some 60, some 30. Now we're told over in Luke chapter eight, verse 11, that the seed is the word of God. And so here we have the word of God being shed forth like seed sown into the hearts of men. And you remember on some ground, the birds just come and eat it up, right? Other ground, it springs up quickly and then it's gone just as quick. Other ground, the thorns and the thistles, the weeds choke the life out of it. But here, the good ground, it receives the, the word, the word of God. It comes to life and then it bears fruit. We're talking about sowing gospel seeds. Your word of witness as a Christian giving out gospel tracts, learning how to lead someone to Jesus Christ, learning how to pray for the lost, being involved with the, the, the gospel ministry, local and worldwide. This is the third type, at least on my list, it is the third type of spiritual fruit is sending forth the gospel. Now, Let's move over to Luke and we'll go to chapter six and we'll see number four. Luke chapter six. How about you help me with this one? <clears throat> so I'll get you to help me to read it. Luke chapter six and verse 38. Get your, um, your pipes already there. Let's read together. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Christian giving is definitely a type of spiritual fruit because it's not dead ended because it actually produces give and it shall be given unto you. That's that idea of the, the structure with the seeds of life in it. It can produce just like as you give forth the gospel seeds, it's going to take root in someone's heart and there's going to be fruit or a harvest from that. 
just like prayer and an answer to prayer. You see here it's give and it shall be given unto you. And this ties hand in glove, the whole concept of the fruit bearing structure, or the, 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 the seed bearing structure. That's what the fruit is. Different types of fruit, as I made mention, it's not all the same. There's different kinds of spiritual fruit. And here, the spiritual fruit we're talking about is in a monetary sense. Give and it shall be given unto you. Now, it's not always in cash dollars. Sometimes it's in other things that are worth money. You give certain things away and people then give you certain things. And if you want to look at it from a, a monetary uh, point of view, it all has a cash value. And so here, Christian giving is definitely a part of this fruit. By the way, remember um, God's promise in Malachi 3.10, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord, if I will not open to you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. You see, how do we get that blessing? How did we get that harvest or that fruit by this, this kind of fruit? All right, let's move on now over to the book of Hebrews chapter 13, Hebrews chapter 13. We're doing good here, folks. We're moving right along. Hebrews chapter 13. Now I want to show you two types of spiritual fruit in Hebrews chapter 13 that every Christian needs to be producing. Hebrews chapter 13 and let's look at verse, I'll tell you what, read it with me. Verse number 15, 15, verse 15, read out loud. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. And so here we have two very definite and important types of fruit that you can bring forth. One is praise, the other is thanksgiving. And it is proper for us to give God the praise for another wonderful day and give him praise for all the great and mighty wonderful things that he does and give him thanksgiving for all the blessings that he's given you in your life. Little things that you often take for granted. You know, the ability to get up out of bed in the morning and get yourself ready. There are people in the world that would give anything to be able to do that. The ability to be able to, you know, listen to the tea kettle whistle or listen to some birds uh, singing or listen to some music, perhaps on the radio. There are people in the world that have never had that blessing. To be able to see a sunrise or see a rainbow in the clouds after it rains, to be able to see the wonder and splendor of God's majestic handiwork in nature. There are a lot of people in the world that have never experienced that. And there are a lot of people who've been cut off from ever experiencing that again. I'm saying that there are daily benefits that God has loaded on you and on me. And we need to give him the thanks. If you have family, give him thanks. If you have a job, give him thanks. If you have health in any measure, give him thanks. Praise him for the wonderful things that he's doing. This is important. It's proper. And 
we need to bring forth this kind of fruit. Now turn to the right to the book of First Peter and chapter 2, just a couple pages away. First Peter chapter 2. And I'll get your help again. You're such a good help. I appreciate it. Verse number two, chapter two and verse two of first Peter as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby there again, we have something that has the seeds of life in it. It's the word of God. Every day you are to be pouring over this book every day you are to be getting in front of it. You are to take it and as it were, use it like a loincloth and wrap your loins in it uh, for spiritual protection. According to Ephesians chapter six, this book, the wonderful book of God will cause you to grow, read your Bible, pray every day and you'll, you'll grow, grow, grow. Yes, you will. That's his promise. And it's true. It is absolutely true. But if you go a long time without reading the Bible, you will shrink, shrivel, and something else. Not nice. No, what we need to do is we need to make very uh, good use, important use of this fruit, because it produces fruit that ye may grow. Now, the last one on my list, we have to actually turn to the left and go back to Galatians. The book of Galatians. Chapter five. Galatians chapter five. And this one, most of you, most of you know where we're, um, we're going on this one here. Galatians chapter five. And verses 22 and 23. Okay, let's read those two verses out loud together. Galatians 5, 22, 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such. There is no law. Say, why would Paul put those last words in there? Because the book of Galatians was written to the churches in the region called Galatia. Because the Judaizers had gotten in there and were starting to convince the Christians that they had to be keeping the laws of Moses. Faith, you need faith, but you need the laws of Moses too. And Paul wrote the book of Galatians to combat that. So that's why he threw that, that phrase in there. But there are nine different fruit mentioned here. And it's something that the Holy Spirit produces you need to ask yourself, is the Holy Spirit producing these in your life? Love, joy, peace. Ooh, we need that. Long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Say, what's temperance? It means you, you, you're not overindulgent in the things of the world that you know, you can have a little bit, but you don't have to gorge yourself on it. There's temperance in some, in some areas of life. We, we abstain completely. I hope you abstain from alcohol. It's it's, I mean, as a beverage, it's not good. I know rubbing alcohol, you've got to put a little on a wound or something. I'm not talking about that. Sometimes they put 
alcohol in cough syrup and in mouthwash and things like that. Okay. We're not here to talk about that today anyhow, but I'm talking about as a beverage, wine and beer and, you know, hard liquor and things like that. I hope that that doesn't have a place in your home because you will cause people to stumble. It will come back and bite you. You will not get reward for drinking those things. When you get to heaven, there is a curse on booze. But again, that's for another sermon. Now, generally, I would say that this is a pretty good list of the different type of spiritual fruit that the Bible is talking about. Now, that brings us to question number two. What exactly is the process of bringing this fruit in our lives? What is the process? So we've defined what are we talking about? What is a spiritual fruit? But number two, what exactly is the process of bringing forth this kind of fruit in our lives? Now, if you would please go back to John chapter 15. Back to John 15. And let's look at verse four. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. And verse seven, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Now, bringing forth fruit is a natural, normal result of abiding in the vine. If you were to buy yourself a, a, a grape vine, you'd plant that thing. And I'm not a, a grower of grapes, but I understand that it takes a lot of skill you know, to grow grapes and get them to produce lots of grapes. I understand that. And roses as well. You know, it's, you don't just throw the rose plant in the ground and walk away and forget it. You know, it, it requires attention, but you put in the grapevine and then you've got to have a way to string it up. And then you've got all these other little things you do to the grapevine and to the branch of off the vine. If you do everything right, you'll get fruit. Now, if the branch doesn't abide in the vine, if you keep snapping off all the branches, you're not going to get any fruit. The vine and the branch go together. They work together. The branch sucks all of its nutrients out from the vine and the vine, of course, sucks them from the earth. Now the branch is able to produce the fruit. And so it's a natural, normal result of abiding in the vine. I'm abiding in Jesus. Say, what does that mean? It very simply means walking with him daily. That's what it means. Abiding in Jesus day after day, walking hand in hand with Jesus, Jesus and me going for a walk every single day. That's what abiding in Jesus is all about. When you pop out of bed in the morning and forget all about Jesus and forget about your Bible and prayer and grab a cup of coffee and out the door you go, you are not abiding in Jesus. When it's lunchtime and you grab your meal and you just start chowing down on it and you don't pause to get, at least give him the thanks, you are not abiding in Jesus. So abiding in Jesus is a very simple thing, but it needs to be done day after day. And so if we do it day after day, we will normally naturally be producing fruit. It will come. It has to. It cannot otherwise. Fruit will come. 
If daily you are abiding in Jesus, you honestly will start bearing fruit and not just a little. You can bear a lot of fruit. Now, some Christians, maybe I should say many Christians, I'm not sure. They will abide somewhat in Jesus. They'll be on again, off again. There'll be a a little bit of abiding. Many Christians will abide a little bit in Jesus. And what's the end result? They'll produce a little bit of fruit. There'll be a little bit of fruit in their lives. You imagine that if you planted a tree or planted a grapevine or something, and all you ever got for all of your efforts was a little bit of fruit. You'd be disappointed, wouldn't you? You'd have to be. The heavenly father wants much fruit off the vine. If we abide a little in Jesus, we will produce a little bit of fruit. Does that make sense? It's easy math. But then there are some Christians who do not abide at all in Jesus. Now, these Christians, we call them backsliders and they wander away. Maybe at one point they used to be up close to the Lord. They used to be attending all the church services they could and reading their Bible and singing the hymns and giving out gospel tracts and doing all these wonderful things. But something happened. Maybe they got offended. Maybe they just got tired of it all and they got looking at the world and thinking, man, if I had spent all of this time making money, I'd be a rich man. And so they backslide away from Jesus and they don't abide in Jesus. Consequently, there is no prayer. I mean, real prayer. There is no prayer in their lives. Maybe they say grace at meals, maybe, but that's about it. There is no Bible study. There is no giving out gospel to the lost. There is no support of missions. There is no great worship of God in their hearts. And certainly there are no Christian ministries. And so what happens to Christians who do not abide in Jesus? Well, it seems that they wither up. Now, if you look at chapter 15, verse two, the first part of verse two says, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Look at verse six. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into a fire and they are burned. And that doesn't mean they go to hell. <laughs> but they're sure not bringing forth any fruit. The heavenly father is not too pleased with branches that do not bear fruit. And so Christian brother, Christian sister, are you abiding in Jesus? That's a good question. That's a legitimate good question. Are you abiding in Jesus? You say, how do I know if I'm abiding in Jesus? You look for the fruit. That's how you know, because if you are abiding, you will be bearing fruit. If you abide a little, you'll be bearing a little bit of fruit. If you're abiding much, you'll be bearing much fruit. So you look for the fruit. Now, someone might say, well, I don't see any spiritual fruit in my life, but I do see the blessings of God in my life. So isn't that good? And we have to say, Christian, beware, because what you're looking at is not 
the sign of God's pleasing in your life. God, just, be, just because you've got blessings of God, you know, family, health, you got a good job and so on. There's no fruit. There's no prayer and Bible study and church attendance and Christian uh, uh, growth. There's no giving out the gospel. There's no ministries. There's none of that stuff. But you have blessings of God in your life. Don't fool yourself into thinking, well, God must be pleased with me because look, I've got all of these blessings. Did you know that there are many people in this world who think that because they have money and health, that God must be happy with them. No, particularly if you're a born again, Christian, if you have these things in you, you beware. And I'll tell you why in just a moment. Well, third question, we got to finish up here. First question is what exactly is the fruit? And I hope we've answered that. I've given you a list of seven different kinds of spiritual fruit. It's don't be content with one of those. Don't be content. Oh, say I have this one fruit. I'll be content with that. Don't because the father's not. You need to fill up your plate with all these different types of spiritual fruit because that's what brings glory to the father. You got this great big vine and all these branches and all that's there is one grape, one measly grape. You've got a large apple tree and you go out there and there's one apple on the tree. It doesn't bring glory to anyone. It just says that someone's sloughing off. Someone's not doing their job because there's just one apple, one grape. Oh, look, one plum. Oh, let us rejoice on this harvest. You'd say, ah, clear it all out and sell the land. Let them put up housing developments. What does the father want? How do we glorify him? We glorify him with much fruit, not with one grape on a plate. Well, what exactly is the fruit? How exactly do we bring it forth? We've looked at now. Number three, how exactly can we bring forth much fruit? So we know what the fruit is. We know how it's brought forth. But now this third question, how do we bring forth a lot of it? not just a grape, a plum, a pear, an apple. Eh. How do we bring forth a lot of fruit? And the answer is actually quite simple. There is a line in the sand, beloved. And Jesus asks you and I to cross over this line. You say, what are you talking about this line? I'm talking about this, that some Christians, they do not abide in Jesus. And therefore, they do not bring forth fruit. Now, that's easy to understand, isn't it? There are other Christians who will abide a little in Jesus. And they will bring forth a little bit of fruit. Instead of no grapes, they'll bring forth maybe two or three grapes. You get the idea? Instead of no apples on the tree, they'll bring forth two or three apples on the whole tree. Because they only abide a little. And this is where the line is. And Jesus is asking us to cross over the line and leave mediocrity behind. Don't be content with just one or two little grapes on the plate. Oh, I'm not a wonderful Christian. Oh, 
All I can do is bring forth one little grape. Oh, that's just what I am. No, you're worse than that, I'll tell you. You're absolutely worse than that. You, you can do nothing apart from Jesus. Nothing. You cannot bring forth a fruit. You cannot bring forth a grape. You can do nothing. Zero. Zip. Danada. Done. You can't do it. But abiding in Jesus, now Jesus will put the juices through you and you'll bring forth fruit. It's not in you as a branch. It's in him as the vine. And our job is to abide. And so what I'm saying is there's a line in the sand of abiding a little or abiding much. If you will cross over that line and leave mediocrity behind. And I used to just abide a little. I used to just spend a minute in prayer, two minutes in Bible reading. Forget that. I'm going to cross over the line. I'm going to spend a long time with Jesus in prayer and Bible reading. I'm going to start producing fruit. I want to leave mediocrity behind. I want to make something of my life. I'm a branch. I'm only around for so long. I want to bring forth much fruit. That's the line. See, you got to cross over that line, get away from mediocrity. You make the decision and then leave the results to God. Because remember, in, in yourself, in myself, we can do nothing. We can't. We can't grunt and groan and bring forth more fruit. It has to be the juices that come from the vine. So this is the, the great truth of it all. Jesus is asking us to make full proof of our Christian lives. And, uh, you know, it's the same in the ministry, I'll tell you. There are some pastors, they put in just the bare minimum amount of time necessary. Just the smallest amount of time. The rest of the time, they're out of the golf course. The rest of the time, they're out having, you know, dinners and lunches and suppers with all their friends and putting back coffee and eating donuts and stuff. And they put in the smallest amount of time serving the Lord in their ministry. What's the result? They get the smallest amount of fruit. The Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy and he said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5, watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist. And then he said these words, make full proof of thy ministry. That's the command that comes down to us pastors. But the same principle is true for all Christians. Make full proof of your Christian life. How long do you expect to be saved for? And you might say, oh, well, forever. Forever and ever. Good for you. How long do you expect to be saved on this earth for? I mean, how many more days, weeks, months, years do you have left? And you say, well, I don't know, but probably a long, long time. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, right? We have no guarantees over tomorrow. Well, as you look back on your Christian experience, how much fruit have you been bringing forth? Have you been bringing forth much fruit? or a little bit of fruit, or no fruit? Which is it? It's a question that you need to answer. You have to look at this, because it is the will of God for us to bring forth much fruit, and we will 
when we make full proof of our Christian lives, when we cross over this line in the sand and we need help. That's the point. We need help. We can't do it ourselves. How can we bring forth much fruit? The answer is right here in John chapter 15. If you are wanting to make the most of your Christian life, and in your heart you're saying, oh God, I want to bring forth much fruit. I don't want to be these Christians that bring forth one little grape or, you know, one little apricot or something. I want to bring forth a whole harvest full of fruit. Lord, I want to glorify you and bring forth much fruit. How do we do it? Where do we go from here? And that's when the Heavenly Father gets involved. And that's what I want you to see here. Because the Heavenly Father, he is called the husbandman. It's another fancy term for a farmer. And if you look, please, at verse 2. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, look what it says. He, what's that next word? Say it out loud. Purgeth. He purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. You see that? It's not up to you to bring forth the much fruit. It's up to you to make a decision, cross over that line in the sand and say, here am I, Lord. That's your part. And now it's God's part to bring forth tremendous amount of fruit in your life. See, how does he do it? Well, number one, by pruning. He purgeth it. He clips away all of the dead little parts off your branch. He cuts away things that hinder. By the way, did you know that that can be painful? When God starts cutting things in your life, right? Things that could hinder you, he'll take them away. Why would he do that? Because they hinder you. They're holding you back. He will do the pruning in your life. Before you cross over that line in the sand, you have to know what's coming. You have to know that when you say, here am I, Lord. Help me to bring forth much fruit. God's going to do some purging. Clip, clip, ooh, clip, mmm. Oh, that hurt. Yeah, but then watch what happens. Things grow back with lots of fruit. The father is the husbandman. If you're wanting to bring forth much fruit, he will do it through pruning and he will do it through something else. And you need to go back to Luke chapter 13 to see it. Luke chapter 13. How will God bring forth much fruit in your life and my life? Number one, through pruning. Clip, clip. Ouch, ouch. Number two, it's in Luke chapter 13, and look please at verse 6. He spake also this parable, a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon, and found none. Uh oh And he said unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? Now watch. And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also till I shall dig about it and dung it. That means fertilize it. Verse nine. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that, thou shalt cut it down. Fertilizing is adding nutrients to the soil. 
These are blessings to the plant. Here, if you're not bringing forth fruit, actually, let me back up a step. I'm going to get to that in just a moment. I asked, how does God bring forth much fruit in our lives? Number one, by pruning. Number two, by fertilizing. The fertilizing are the blessings. God knows how to bring proper good blessings to give us good gifts. He wants us to bring forth fruit. And so he does the snip snip and he does the encouraging by the blessings. The blessings are, oh boy, hooray. This is great. Those are the blessings God brings like fertilizer to fertilize us. And he does the snip snip, the pruning as well. You see, but there's one other thing. And just for the sake of time, I'll just mention it to you, but it's the water. He waters us as well. And the watering I suggest to you is the preaching of the word of God. You see, remember that it's through the foolishness of preaching that men get saved. And it's through preaching that Christians grow. You can write down Ephesians 5:26 if you want, but the vine assimilates the nutrients from the water. The work of the heavenly father in the life of the branch will produce much fruit. I'm suggesting today you cross over that line. Your part is to make a decision. Lord, I want to be done with little fruit or maybe no fruit. I don't know. I want to be done with all that. Lord, I want my life to count. I want to bring forth much fruit for you. And I know it's going to require some pruning. I don't know. God may have to prune in your health. He may have to do some pruning in your wealth. He may have to prune some relationships, but God knows what he's doing. You let him do the pruning, but he'll also do the fertilizing and he'll bring in rich rewards to encourage you. That coupled with the preaching, the water, you will be bringing forth not just fruit, but much fruit because it's the will of the father to glorify him. When you bring forth much fruit. Now we've got to finish things up here. Christian, how are you abiding in Jesus? Are you abiding a little somewhat a little in Jesus? Then you can only expect a little bit of fruit. That's all you can expect. And that really doesn't bring much glory to God. It, it can't. But are you wanting to bring forth much fruit? That's the question. You need to let the heavenly father have his own way in your life. Cross over the line today and it won't be long before you're starting to bear more fruit than you ever thought possible. Now, I mentioned earlier about Christians who do not abide in Jesus and yet they seem to have the blessings of God. You remember I said that? Yes or no? Yes. Now, this is important. This is where we have to raise a warning. Beware, beware, Christian. If you're not abiding and not producing fruit, and yet you seem to have these blessings, you know what's happening in your life? According to Luke chapter 13, do you know what's happening? God is digging around you and adding the fertilizer in hopes that a year from now, or in a year's process, you'll start bearing fruit. 
Because if you don't bear fruit within that year, he may well put the ax to your roots. Oh boy, God must be pleased with me. I got all these blessings. Look, I got a house. I got a car. I got a boat. I got a cottage. I've got health. I've got money. I've got family. I've got a good job. I got a happy dog. I don't have any dandelions on my front lawn. Boy, look at the blessings I've got. Are you producing any fruit? Nope. Beware. Because God loves you, Christian. And what God may be doing is giving you one last chance. And he's fertilizing you with his blessings. You see, over in Romans chapter 2 and verse 4, the Bible says, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, and knowest that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. God's put those blessings in your life to get you to repent and get back to abiding in Jesus. So the backsliding Christian may feel safe in his blessings right now, but it may only be a short time before judgment comes. Proverbs 14, 14, the backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. Jesus wants us to bring forth much fruit for the glory and honor of the heavenly father. And the question is, what do you want? Do you want to cross over this line from mediocrity? And do you want to be a great fruit bearing Christian? It's answered by prayer. Lord, here am I, Lord. Do with me whatever you need to do, Lord. But I want my life to bring forth fruit for you. Now, I'm almost finished, but I need to say this. If you're here today or if you're watching this program and you're not born again, if you're not a Christian, if you're not saved, if you're not part of God's family, then the truth is you are none of Christ's. And even though you may have some of the, the blessings and goodness of God in your life, it's only so that you can repent and to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Very, very important because if you don't, one day you will die and you will hear the words of Jesus depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Please today, if you're not saved, come to Jesus. Let's bow our heads now for prayer. Our dear loving heavenly father, we thank you that you and you alone are able to produce much fruit through our lives. Lord, I thank you for your people. What a treasure they are in my hearts. I ask you, Father God, to bless them today and please use them in a great way. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed and no one looking around, please. If that's the desire of your heart is to be used of God to bring forth much fruit. Could you just slip your hand up for a moment just so that I might see? Here's my hand, Pastor. I want God to use me in a great way. Slip your hand up so that I might see anyone else before I finish praying. Anyone else pray, pray that I will bring forth much fruit. Anyone else? God bless you. Dear Heavenly Father, I do ask on behalf of those who've just raised their hand now, and I ask, Lord, that you would do that wonderful heaven-sent ministry in their lives and make them so that they can bring forth more fruit they ever thought possible. Dear Heavenly Father, I don't know the hearts like you do, and if there be one here today or one watching over the Internet 
who's essentially bringing forth no fruit or next to no fruit, you would please encourage them to get back to abiding in Jesus. They need to abide, help them to do that. And if there be one watching, who's not even saved, Lord, please put on their heart to, to get in touch with us and talk to a pastor. What must I do to be saved, to be born again and part of the family of God? Lord, encourage them to call us. Have thine own way, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Boy, it's a wonderful thing to know the Lord and to be walking with him. What a privilege is ours, folks, to walk and talk with the king every day. That is abiding in Jesus. Well, it's our privilege to give unto the Lord. And if you brought your gifts with you today, your tithes and faith promise, we have an offering box on the back as you leave the auditorium. If you need to make use of the uh, electronic machine there, the debit or the credit, you can do that before you leave. If you're watching online, we want to encourage you to make use of the donation page and give as unto the Lord. Let's take advantage of every opportunity because it's also to do with fruit bearing too, isn't it? Amen.